6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. I know it's been a while, but think about that last trip that you took, that last flight that you took. Where'd you go? How long did it take you? And as we look ahead, where are you hoping to go to next? Would you consider doing it? Of course, if the cost was, you know, if we could pull it off cost-wise, on a supersonic jet. United Airlines has announced plans to buy a small fleet of supersonic passenger jets, uh, which, you know, if you think back to the Concorde, um, these jets will be able to make long-distance flights in about half of the regular time. United says it's going to buy 15 of these Overture aircraft from a company called Boom Supersonic with an option to buy 35 more at a later date. Now, it's important to note that the jets haven't been built yet. They haven't been certified yet, but they're hoping, the company hopes that they'll be ready for commercial use by 2029. In 1976, British Airways touted the future of travel was then. Supersonic flights between London and New York. The Concorde eventually got old, too costly and unreliable. Now, 44 years later, United announcing it will buy 15 supersonic jets from a startup company called Boom that's still developing the planes. It would be the first U.S. airline to go supersonic. Flight times would be cut in half. New York to Frankfurt in four hours. San Francisco to Tokyo in six hours. Alex Stone, ABC News. Boy, doesn't that sound great? I mean, instead of doing like 12-hour flights or 15-hour flights, depending on where you're going to, right? So, again, these aircraft expected to travel at speeds of Mach 1.7. So, you heard... Travis, uh, or yeah, you heard Alex Stone talk about um, some of the times, New York City to London in three and a half hours. But here's a little bit more. They say the jets are going to be net zero carbon aircraft and that they will fly on sustainable aviation fuel that is derived from organic matter. So you'll remember the Concorde. I mean, just a gorgeous looking airplane. And it operated from 1976 through to 2003. It had a maximum speed over twice the speed of sound at Mach 2.04. It had seating for anywhere between 92 and 128 passengers. And it operated for 27 years. And really, it was thought of as a jet for, you know, the rich and famous, those who could afford to fly on it because it was pretty pricey. Now you're looking at like thirteen, fourteen, fifteen thousand dollars for um, you know, tickets from New York to London. That was, you know, twenty twenty numbers. You know, the equivalent you're looking at that. Chris Brellinger Grant checking in this afternoon. Hey Chris. Hey, Jay. Nice to speak with you. Nice to speak Um, with you. Think about that trip that you took um, to Australia two years ago. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly where my mind went. How quickly could I get to Western Australia, the capital city, Perth, from Edmonton? Such a flight isn't going to exist ever. But if I were to go Mach 1.4... Could I get there in less than 27 hours? That's the question. And I have to think, yes, I wouldn't want to spend 
like $37,000 on it. But it'd be pretty cool. Like, to, what would they say? New York to Frankfurt in six hours? Yeah. Tokyo, four hours. Tokyo, San Francisco in six hours? That's pretty neat stuff. Yeah, I love, I absolutely love the idea of it. I mean, it's going to be, you know, the big question, of course, is the cost. And and I guess, I, you know, a few other things, too. I'd be wondering about, you know, the sustainable fuel and, and that sort of stuff. We've talked about that on this show in the past and the work towards it being done right here in the University of uh, Alberta. But still, um, when you think about the future of air travel and we have seen how it's you know we've come a long way from kitty hawk right like we've come a long way from the wright brothers and and where we were and you know no supersonics um flying passengers right now because there was only there was a uh, a russian one i think as as well at one point but uh, Mm. i i wonder if it could ever get to the point where it would be something that it would be affordable for you know, Joe Schmoes like us. Yeah, you have to wonder that, you know, the future is only going to op- open up more opportunities, both for space travel yeah. and conventional travel here, right? Light rail is being developed more all over the world. Uh, when I first heard this story, I thought, well, you know, how far are these guys? You know, United is preparing to put deposits on 15 mm-hmm. units of this. And then, of course, what you highlighted there is the jets haven't been built or even certified yet. So take a couple steps back and they hope to do commercial use by 2029. But I, I think that if this technology is developed, you know, all it takes is, is one or two companies on the very forefront of developing something that that changes a generation of technology, right? We, we saw this with the Concorde. Yeah. We see it in other aspects of technology. You have Samsung and Apple at the forefront, and now smartphones are everywhere. So whoever is, is into this first, it might be Boom, uh, a great name for an airline. It could be a terrible name for an airline, depending <laughs> it how be. it goes. It could be when all you it, think about it. Great point, great point. So, so all it takes really is one one venture to kind of go through the gate, I think. And 2029 feels like it's a long way away, but I, I think the future really has nothing but opportunity mm-hmm. as, as the world continues to, to shrink in total yeah. size. I'm, I'm really excited for this. Yeah, I think it's going to be a, a, a neat uh, possibility. You know, I think it's important to remember that when air travel first started itself, passenger air travel, it wasn't for everyone. Not everyone could afford it. It was out of the was out of the realm for, for a lot of people, just like, you know, when you talk about space travel right now, and what is it, you know, two million or whatever it is for a seat on 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 one of the on one of the ones that are going up there right now or if if not more as it becomes more common as it becomes um just more realistic you've got to think that sooner or later maybe (laughs) maybe there'll be like economy class yeah (laughs) and we can do it right i I just think i I would have loved to have flown on the concord i mean to me that uh i just to experience it i think that would have been an you know right up there right up there yeah yeah, I was. That was a little bit before my time to have really understood the magnitude of it going away. But to be able to have a photo on the Concorde mm. to tell people I was there to have one of those tickets, especially since it was back in 2003, right? We are so far removed from it actually being, you know, a part of 
uh, traveled international communities that it, it seems like a relic of the past. I would have told you honestly that the Concorde may have been retired before I was even born in the mid 90s. Mm. Right. It would have been very cool. And I think that kind of like getting a golden ticket to Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. <laughs> if you have the means, this will be something that you can share uh, either with your loved ones or just, you know, splurge, treat yourself. Jalen, I'm, I'm going to leave you with one of these things here, too. Okay. I found there, there's a Twitter account that's one of my favorite right now. It's at poorly aged stuff. And so when you're talking about supersonic travel and, yeah. you know, air, like flight at the very beginning, not being for everybody. The New York Times published December the 8th, 1903. So it's been a bit. The title is Man Won't Fly for a Million Years. <laughs> and the entire article is to build a flying machine would require, quote, the combined and continuous efforts of mathematicians and mechanics for 1 million to 10 million years, mm. end quote. How far we've come. Good luck to uh, Boom here, and I hope that this might become uh, a part of everybody's uh, traveling plans sooner rather than later, provided, of course, that they get the aircraft certified and, and built in the yeah, first place. Absolutely. Uh, all right, CBG, have a great weekend. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, it's important to note. I mean, December 17th, 1903 was the first airplane flight. How far did it go? 120 feet.